This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 135. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week, I went to meet one of our favourite Olive contributors, Sabrina Gayo, who has created some incredible spicy comfort food recipes to warm up our January issue. We talked all about how comfort food is so linked with childhood and nostalgia, how to cure illness with Persian food, and why denial should never be on the menu at this time of year. So we're welcoming back one of our favourite writers. Well, in fact, I've got, I've got your whole list here. Cook, food writer, supper club host, teacher, TV chef, and author of four books. You left out Capricorn. Capricorn, <laughs> Sabrina Gale. <laughs> and the four books are Persiana, Sirocco, Feasts, and brand new upcoming book, Bazaar, which is out yeah. in April. And you're going to come back in April and talk to us about that. I will if you won't be sick of me. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but today we are talking about comfort food. Yes. Because in our January issue, we decided, we've done a bit of balance because we all like a bit of balance. So there's yeah. there's some nice kind of... I wrote them. They're not like super healthy, like some nice satisfying salad recipes for the people who want to get a bit of, you know, feel a bit virtuous. And then, and actually your, your stuff isn't, when I looked at the nutrition and stuff, it isn't, it isn't like you're launching headfirst into like fat and calories. It's actually quite good. Your brief was to write us, um, what wasn't your brief? It was your idea actually, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Was you said, I want to do some comfort food that's going to be kind of spicy and give people a bit of a lift and stuff. Yeah. Um, In our Jan issue. Yeah. And I, and I just think that I know that you guys provide plenty of inspiration for Mm. everyone who wants to do whatever they want to do. And, you know, I know you're not preachy and I love that because I don't like 
being told what to do. I'm yeah. a, I am a, a stubborn character and I don't, um, you know, I, I want a little bit of everything. And yeah, I, me too. I, I think my, my diet is <coughs> kind of like split between, you know, I'll eat carbs thanks and uh cover it in a cheese blanket as we've we've coined this phrase now but i'll also eat salad thanks and i'm not i don't need to have that in a period i do yeah you you need to i think the happiest i've ever been is rolling with the food that i want to eat yeah and doing it fast like getting it in you fast because if you just go i won't have that cake now and wait seven days then Then you'll you'll eat the whole cake you'll face plant that cake you will yeah. So, um, so yeah, spice, because like, I think when winter is, especially January, it's always perceived as a very austere period. Everybody's broke after yeah, Christmas so and broke. the spice cupboard is like endlessly given if you've got a few basics mm. and maybe a couple of extra exotics or things that you're not yeah. usually familiar with. And for me, it's the, it defines everything I do. It defines yeah. my book recipes. It defines what I cook for people. It's, you know, what makes a chicken seven different things. That's true, actually. Because, you know, sometimes that's all you've got or you can afford or all you want, mm. and but you just want it to be a bit different. Just give me an idea for a future feature, actually, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we'll talk about the recipes later, but let's talk about, um, first of all, I was thinking like comfort food, is often a nostalgic thing. And I think I said to you, like, you know, when I was growing up, like my grandma used to make like amazing pies and stews. And it, and I, in my head, it's all kind of linked together with this, you know, it kind of takes me back there slightly. Like what, what were the dishes when you were growing up that you remember kind of, you know, that made you feel good. And I know you were born in Iran, but then you moved here when you were two years two, old. Yeah, so yeah. was it a mix of um, the British and the Iranian or yeah. Persian? It was, uh, my childhood was really weird. People always expect as an author that you'll have, yes, my grandmother used to take me into the kitchen. And, like, no, I didn't grow summer up in, in a Provence. Yeah, summer <laughs> in Provence. I just don't have family that didn't cook. Like, yeah. we're not you know, grandma scraped it together one Sunday every six weeks and <laughs> made a couple of things and froze them ready for right. when, like, guests came. So I don't have those wonderful... I wish I had your grandma sort of... <laughs> that, that that wonderful comfort food memories. But, you know, definitely Persian food, whether we ate it here or somebody else's house or out, right. we, we yeah. are very sociable people. So I do, you know, there are, I have my set of Persian recipes yeah. that I absolutely loved. And then, you know, the recipes that really turned me to cooking mm. were all kind of based around watching Ken Hom on telly yeah. as a kid. So I know it's not what we now call comfort food, but stir fries. Yeah, and that like, noodly thing. That and... noodly thing was really new in the early yeah. 80s. And so woks, when everybody had a wok in the 80s. I remember, I, I remember like Ken, Ken Hom's hot walk I say, say that really carefully yeah and I'm wondering now whether they were slightly taking the piss with that, like, title. And it's it, quite it cheeky was, but it was a revelation it was so so different and I was really lucky to have a Chinese supermarket near yeah. my house because who had a Chinese supermarket near their house in the 80s unless you lived in the center so of Soho but at the same time it was the first I think it was the first set of kind of ingredients that you know of like foreign ingredients yeah. that became available in supermarkets yeah. as well wasn't it yeah well between him and Madda Jaffrey because yeah. obviously the whole sort of legacy of like British Empire and stuff meant that we were we did love a curry yeah we, we did curry. love certain ingredients mm. and 
probably even quicker than we adopted even Italian food really in our homes, I, reckon, I would say. I remember growing up with that yeah. kind of... Turmeric wasn't so alien in no. cupboards. There were a lot of ingredients, the garam masala and things that maybe we I don't think, use now. I but. think probably in my mum's cupboard it would have been just your bog standard curry powder. Yeah. As was yeah. the thing. Which I still have. Yeah. I still use that for I still like things. that flavour. I don't that, use again, it in curry, no. <laughs> but I do use it in yeah. certain things. Yeah. And I don't use garam masala again in curry, but I do use it, it as in a certain spice. things. Yeah. It's just its own ingredient, um, mm. you know. Uh, so you so, were watching Ken and getting inspiration for all I of was. These. And also school dinners, man, yeah. were a revelation for me. And I chubbed up good and proper, <laughs> like really poor stuff. I used to love school. school dinner. Yeah, but I was that, that stupid foreign girl <laughs> that was just enamoured by it were all the kind of like I always called the skinny English kids used to look at me like I was bonkers because I was like oh seconds of cabbage yeah <laughs> and a scoop of a scoops of mash that, do you remember the yeah scoops I remember of the mash and the ice cream scoop where I used to get the half circle I and like I just that. went bananas yeah so comfort food was sausage pie anything yeah. pie gravy cabbage roast potatoes things i just were were as exotic as thai food it might be to or you know vietnamese food might yeah. be to someone else today that was exotic they used to, to do me. this big do you remember like a big tray slab of pie yeah. that just got cut yeah. into squares and then yeah. the, the two scoops of mash and then the gravy poured yes. over the top I know. Yes. and i'm I drooling <laughs> thinking about i love do you remember do you remember in Taui there was um nanny pat sausage yeah. plat it just she was famous for this dish oh apparently and I was like is that like that, a giant sausage roll yes yeah yes, and I was like please. oh my god that was like that's my school <laughs> proper when they used to make the puff pastry like the from, dinner ladies yeah, would, would actually make cook yeah. a lot of it from scratch the only thing that I had a real issue was with stewed tomatoes I never they were from a tin and I never yeah. understood why it was just reheated in tomato I don't know I think I think up north um the tin tomatoes appear on breakfast quite on a fryer. Oh dear. It's good. Honestly, it? try it. Yeah. I can't. I can't even have a fry up anymore. Okay. <laughs> we've we've become far too avo and mash. Avo on toast these days. We've moved on a bit. We've moved on a bit. I, really I still have. don't mind a bit of um stewed tomatoes on the fry up. But oh. yeah. Um so you so basically you're because you're your Mama G Mama G as we call her, your Mama your G yeah. trademark. Oh, she's trademark well, yeah, that Mama G. You said like she she doesn't I mean she, she's the same as my mom. They don't you know, they've got far more important things to be doing than slaving around in a kitchen and she, stuff. Do you know what? I'd like to say she does, but actually <laughs> it's later life now yeah. and she works for me. So yeah. I don't know. Mama G's problem, it wasn't her fault because there is a big, you know, that culture and you have it here. It doesn't mm. matter where it is of being ousted out of the kitchen while other people are doing cooking. Yeah, absolutely. Now in a lot of cultures in Indian culture, you know, Hong Kong, Asian culture, it's not terribly uncommon if mum and dad are working to have just a cook somebody who just does the food yeah, in the yeah, house yeah. it's Quite not normal. about being loaded or no. any of those things it's just a simple um having a house cook and she was very much ousted out of the kitchen oh. because of it so she never got a look in yeah whereas when i was growing up mm. she saw that i loved watching the tv and loved watching ken and uh, was curious about doing these things and mm. so she was just going play in the kitchen i wasn't allowed but do your thing yeah so that 
if anything, I kind of owe her my career, really. Um, even though she's got a really nice sort of sideline in me being her own personal chef yeah. for most of my life. <laughs> she's reaping the rewards. She of really that. is. She goes, I think this weekend we should have we should cook this. And I'm like, eh, oh, hang on a second. Just, By we, you mean me, right? <laughs> so she points it out and you cook it. She basically she does. And she has this habit of also the occasional times that I will mm. allow it on in the house because I'm a baker phobe naturally. Yeah. Anytime bake off is on, yeah. she's she is a type 2 diabetic so of course sugar is such a special <laughs> thing for her so she watches these desserts being made and goes I think you should make that I'm like you must be joking <laughs> I can't that's not my skill set I can't just pull these things out of the hat and you know so yeah bless her she she had a lot to do with it but she knows good food yeah. and she loves good food and is really hands down responsible for being the person mm. that led me to my love of food That's amazing. because she always indulged me she yeah, took yeah, me yeah. to you know Benny Hanna and and wow. sushi and like places like this when I was a kid when it wasn't even it wasn't even trendy it then. wasn't even I mean, a it thing it wasn't even on the menu was it, it wasn't even a, a thing and taught me how to eat with chopsticks and would kind of encourage mm. all of these you know things all yeah. of these trendy like you know try this what do you think like, just because just because you don't just because you're not necessarily into cooking doesn't mean you don't love eating no, and love exactly. discovering and love being that. Exactly. So did you hang out with the cook in the kitchen and kind of learn things? Or... No, because that was Iran. Oh, so okay. we've, we've, you know, we left Iran in 1979 yeah. and, um, you know, came here to this very flat and you know life was very very different you yeah. know my grandpa died we left everything behind um you know we had very little family here mm. at that time and it just it was a complete you know upheaval of life everything was upside down it was very very different mm. and just me my mum my grandma my mum was you know she was 22 wow she's only 20 years oh older than me so God. she it was a, a so period young. of adjustment yeah. for a long time even though she'd obviously been here a lot because my grandma's sister lived here and my mum's you know went to school here in in part so mm. it, it was a we were very lucky that we had a foot here already um and it became you know a wonderful home yeah so uh tell me some of the um the classic Persian dishes that you would, you know, what is the equivalent of like the Jewish chicken soup in Persian cookery? What is the, what is the thing that if someone's ill or you want to, you want to like come give them like a hug in a bowl, what would you, what would you cook for them? So I think every Iranian will know that they're there when you're poorly, right? usually when you're tummy poorly, okay. it's rice and yogurt, plain rice really? and yogurt. Yeah. That's what I give my dog when he's not well <laughs> no 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 seriously it's, it's like it is a thing the vet says if your dog's like got an upset tummy you give them plain boiled rice and a little bit yeah. of yogurt it, there's a lot of wisdom in yeah. that I think it's probably the cultures in it before yeah. obviously everything was processed to have high heaven yeah and, um yeah so that that's that's if you're tummy poorly yeah and then if you're um like if you're sick like just sort of cold and just fluey, cold and feeling down under the weather yeah then it would probably be something we call ash uh which ush. is spelled ash basically but it's a whole range of soups oh. and they're usually quite herb based yeah um some have barley in them some have rice in them mm -hmm. some have lentils in them or or just standard sort of chicken soup we don't sort of call it 
Persian penicillin or anything. No. And it's and it's probably a little bit different, but um, very simple foods because remember, Persian food isn't very spiced. It, we don't really use spice. Really? Um, yeah. Sorry oh, yeah, about be, that. No. <laughs> Confuse the hell, heck out of everyone. No, no, I? no. It, it's interesting because we um, in our Feb issue we're doing a, a feature from Baron Jack. Iran- oh, Iranian yeah, cafe. Yeah. I'm so excited yeah. to go there. And I was really surprised when we got the recipes in and tested them. They were stunning. I was expecting them to be like super spicy. No, and and we no. We don't use spice no. at all. We don't like it. We use cumin because we produce it, but not in yeah. the way that I use cumin. Oh, yeah. We have one rice that has whole cumin seeds in it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, we use saffron as a marinade for all our yeah, meats. Yeah, that was one of the dishes is like, saffron. yeah, really um, marinating in yeah. like bright yellow rapes, the jolly saffron, the chicken, yeah. yeah. And it's, and then it's just grilled and standard yeah wow. so very very our food is very very simple so actually if you're somebody that doesn't really know persian food or middle eastern food and it's like well, i'm not sh- i'm not really into spicy yeah. food one of our key dishes like our sunday roast yeah is a very simple either minced lamb kebab or roasted oh. lamb kebab with plain rice and a grilled tomato um, nothing scary or alien yeah, quite approachable totally and- or yeah. you can have the chicken with lemon and saffron. Yeah, yeah. Very simple. No chili. We don't like oh. chili unless you live down south where you take your influences from mm. around the Persian Gulf. Interesting. Yeah, very And simple. you have, um, what's that um, word? There's a word for stew, isn't there? Is it Koresh? Koresh. Yeah. Yeah. Which Ooh, is you're just... virtually Persian. Oh, you know, I just had a little look. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading it. I was, re- I was reading the feature and then I was like, but this is, this is Sabrina's kind of thing. And, like, and I think there was a... I can't remember someone saying, oh, yeah, Koresh actually just means stew. It just means so stew. So that just covers that yeah. whole sort of... Because you were doing one, I think, did you do a story on it where you were putting your Persian limes into it? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's quite a famous stew, isn't it? So we, so if I was going to sum up Persian food for yeah. you in flavour, it yeah. would be defined by herbs. Yes. Citrus. Yeah. And aromats, like oh. things that have a, a subtle perfume and right. that herbs fall into that category. Yeah. Rose petals, even though we don't really use them in anything, that's as often perceived to be a very Persian sort of smell. Oh. But saffron, it's all about aroma and yeah. subtle aroma. And it's quite subtle aroma as well, very, isn't it? Very, very And subtle. very distinctive because saffron is super distinctive. Rose yeah. petals are super distinctive as well. Yeah. But one thing that we do like in large quantities that is, it, it was <clears throat> when I first started making Persian mm. food, um, and doing supper clubs, I was like, okay, this is not really everybody's taste. Yeah, we love sour. Like we mm. love sour. Like it's a common thing for kids to suck lemons, babies. Really, I, it's terrible because it's like <laughs> the worst thing you can give to a kid for milk teeth. But you know, it's yeah, they and do is that why love the, it. Is that where the is dried Persian limes come in? Exactly, because they are a very particular flavor, aren't they? They are a very particular flavor, and I don't think that most people still know what to do with them. Um, So that's a common, it probably in about 60 or 70% of our stews, I would say they exist. Um, And if not, there's a squeeze of lemon. And if not, there's some of the dried lime powder as a souring agent. Uh Um, I first started replacing them with preserved lemons because they were softer for the western palate yeah so i kind of lulled people yeah, in with yeah, that yeah. first and even then people still cut the skin off and don't know that they can eat them and they're, they're really nervous <laughs> but it's, of yeah them. it's kind of the skin that's the best bit isn't it, it is and also dried limes are a real um uh, a real uh thing persians love them we eat them whole 
as long as they're softened we prick them in the really? stew put them you're shocked don't you yeah we, because i've had one and it and was like quite an experience yeah, yeah, we, we do we eat them whole and wow. um i once had nigella here as a, at a supper club where i'd served <laughs> a persian uh, stew and uh, just as a random customer mm. and she ate them and, and she loves them and then literally the 11 other people at the table were like eating them too and i think they were like whoa, whoa this is like it's i think it's advanced you know it's like it, it, it is it is advanced <laughs> but i kind of was like yeah, advanced go, girl, work you, you lead the way show these people <laughs> you know? so um, it's, it's an acquired taste but yeah sour is a big thing for mm. us we're mad about it I know we were talking before about January and for a lot of people it is, you know, it's denial. It's like new year, new me, all of that yeah. kind of thing. And it, it can be quite harsh, you know, I mean, like there's only so much you can deny yourself in one of the greyest, saddest yeah. months of the of the year. Um, and I'm so sad. I'm yeah. a January baby and I hate <laughs> that everybody looks at it like that. No, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm having fun this month. I love um, it. Yeah. But um, what do you, like, how do you, how do you approach it, like, in a balanced way? I I was looking back through your Instagram. One thing I noticed was um, your love of wraps. So you kind of, <laughs> I was like, she loves this thing of, like, wrap, avo, tomato, feta, chilli, kind of. It's what to- I had yesterday, yeah. as you may have noticed again, yeah. Yeah, how do you, how do you get that kind of, like, that satisfaction without, you know, um, completely thrown everything out of the window you know like the balance of kind of a little bit healthy a little bit satisfying Do you know what? I don't think about it don't you the, the times you just I gravitate don't towards it, it. Do you... the, the times I don't think about it is when I'm not finding that I'm on this massive sense of pressure on myself because mm. when I tell myself that's it you need to diet yeah which I don't actually diet but when I tell myself that's it you need to lose weight my mm. my brain is thinking about food 24 yeah. 7 and it, i i find it crippling actually and if we're talking about depression yeah and actually crippling mental anxiety yeah, yeah 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 the one thing i don't suffer from mental illness but the one thing that has caused me the most crippling mm. mental anxiety in my life has been what i eat and really? dieting and my weight and overthinking I've, it <clears throat> totally i don't suffer from that anymore but it creeps in my head because it does. It's normal. We're all humans. Yeah, it takes it takes a long time to to work those it things took out. Me years, yeah. and I'm not going to lie. There was some therapy and hypnotherapy really? involved in that because it was. So, my... how did it used to manifest itself in the past? Was it? I, I think I developed really bad eating habits from school onwards yeah. because, of course, I went it's to a school, trigger, isn't it? Yeah, and I just started stuffing my face. And these kids were skinny <sighs> kids mm. with a totally different metabolism and eating pattern to me and I was eating what they were eating you know Mars bar on the bus to school with a can of coke get into school mid-morning you got you have some absolute rubbish because that's what school was Mm. or you'd go you'd ditch lunch and you'd go to the fried chicken shop across the way because why did we all do that we all did it yeah we all did it this was the days before rocket and all these (laughs) kids kids wanting sushi you know you know 
I'm I'm 42 and that wasn't yeah. that, that wasn't what we were eating. I remember back then. doing that, like going Chip over shop. the road for yeah, going for a pasty yeah. rather than having like Total. a reasonably balanced meal in the Total. canteen. It's my, ridiculous. My love of Jamaican patties came around <laughs> from secondary school because quite a few friends were Jamaican yeah. and the shop over the road used to sell chicken and mushroom pies yeah. and Jamaican patties, oh, and God. I loved both. I yeah. still have a thing for crappy you know what i'm talking yeah. about the red foil base yeah 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 and, you yeah, know yeah. crappy pies i love them yeah. I, <laughs> I don't eat very many but if i see them in a shop somewhere not usually in london anymore but when i see a them mince I'm like, pie my sister's obsessed oh, with like a yeah. chippy mince mince pie. mince and onion <laughs> yeah. oh god gold base gold base foil base yeah. you know that that was that started something unhealthy and then actually you know what I think to a certain extent I think many children you know it's something that mm. we don't talk about but eating disorders whether a permanently damaging one or even a fleeting one are yeah. very very common in boys so common in boys and girls yeah. not just girls and I certainly had my own eating disorders and not nothing serious but my own traumas that actually mm. affected my shape and body for two decades after because they not it knocks your metabolism out of whack if you start denying it, your body various it really nutrients does and also beyond that mm. now the fashion trends of what yeah. what people look like we we're oh, accepted it's now it's nice if you have a big backside yeah. people like that but you know what if you were slightly out of the normal skinny shape you yeah. got bullied in my yeah. school and i got bullied because i wasn't and i was i was very normal weight as a child yeah um and then I you know in my teens I started to gain weight and it wasn't what all the other you know mm. sort of skinny English girls looked like and I I did get bullied and it made me hide my food and oh. have terrible you know these are things actually I don't really talk about because I'm not looking to be the ambassador for no. for any kind of nutritional diet but let's just say I spent the best part of 10 years working through my issues yeah, in my your 30s. relationship with food because yeah. it knocks it and it then you end really up really does and I think the worst thing is you know growing up um I I saw my mum and my grandma every Monday start a diet they weren't even, my mum's tiny <laughs> my mum's petite anyway my grandma was you know she was she was like grandma shaped she was like cuddly <laughs> but um I used to say to them you know but you every Monday wow. you're talking about your you, you're back on the Weight Watchers or you're back on the whatever it was Weight Watchers cabbage diet slim and well. rosemary connolly all, all sorts <laughs> and they'd be like we're on we're healthy and we're starting we're healthy eating today and then so that triggered something in me which same as you which is like diets do not work no, because they all they don't. do is it's a constant circle it's just a, it's just a circular thing of starting to diet failing to diet feeling bad about yourself not liking yourself starting to diet again yeah. and, and it's a it's like you said it's getting into the getting your mindset onto like actually I can if if my jeans feel a bit tight I'll just I'll just eat some soup. I'll eat a bit of salad. I'll eat, yeah. but but I'll eat healthy and I'll eat all yeah. the food groups and not stop cutting things out as well. Yeah. But just rein it in. It's basically, a hard one lesson. Day. Yeah, rein it in. Don't go down and drink four pints down the pub. You know, it's like oh, not that anybody do, ever does that. Just rein it in the next day. Yeah, exactly. I think without yeah. sort of going too far into it, I think it, it affected me and it probably affects most people in a deeply psychological way yeah, of course it does. and it is probably the most legal drug that we'll ever have and mm. we will never ban it because it's food yeah so it's a whole other separate issue yeah um i'm very very sensitive to when people insult people about their weight whether yeah, it's thin or fat i will always be the fat girl because i was very i was very obese i will always be that sensitive 
soul when it comes to mm. that, you know, people judging people on weight because it's not okay. And I, I, you know, I suffered with it for years and probably nobody knew because I was always come across as quite confident. Yeah. I don't even think my mother was aware of how deeply it affected me. But the truth is I'm not that person now. No. And I found a, a very happy balance that, you know, that voice never leaves. No. And I can find those sometimes that those patterns actually, mm. they're, they're always there ready, almost in starting position, ready to ready shoot to just off jump at on. any time yeah, to yeah, sabotage yeah. your happiness. But I catch myself yeah. when I can have a word with yourself you do you just think oh rubbish yeah. I'll eat what I want to eat and sometimes no matter how hard I want to lose weight I'm clearly not in that frame of mind you know what I think there's probably so many people listening to this who who feel the same who have that little that little struggle once yeah. in a while who have that little conversation with yeah. themselves about you know it, at the end of the day it's food we're in charge of it and so many mixed messages come so through many and it's you messages. you have to do something like where you just put like interference for all the messages and go <sighs> I know that if I eat more healthy food and move around a bit more that things yeah. will be things will be better because that's the equation we all need we don't need to be told don't eat this eat this don't eat that because that's yeah. just like restricting yourself and and the beauty of it is that you get in your job <laughs> to share all the good stuff mm -hmm. as well and I mean I think that comes through in all of your cooking as well because yeah. it's you know as I said you've done this spice-led comfort food but actually when you look at the nutrition on them they're great you yeah. know they're, and they're all they're also going to satisfy you that's the thing for me is like yeah. feeling satisfied feeling like I've eaten that meal and now I'm just going to like chill out and I'm happy yeah and I'm not like staring at the biscuit I mean who's got a biscuit barrel but you know, <laughs> I don't know. Have you I got don't know. I, I tell you what, I, I went into my bedroom today and I kind of opened the drawers because you know I've been away for for a yeah. month and what I opened the drawer there? and I just went to put my hairdryer away and then I looked at it and I, there was about fifteen packets of crisps, okay, two packets crisp of biscuits, drawer. and I was like. Oh my God, when did I make a snack <laughs> drawer? And I just thought to myself, that has to go. That has to snack go. Snack drawer. Because I do have, a, I love a holiday snack drawer. And you know, not going to lie, Christmas yeah. time, it does dictate that level of kind of like, I'm working my socks off yeah. and I need some level of comfort. Yeah, it usually yeah, yeah, comes yeah. hand in hand because you know you've got so much work to get through before you can just wind it's down your little for Christmas. Treat thing, yeah. But I was like, Oh, hell no, that's not happening. And that's nothing to do with it being January, but a broken arm and a leg, you know that. And yeah. I was, I gained a little bit of weight, I'm yeah. not going to lie. And now I'm being mindful, but, you know, I made probably one of the most fattening Persian stews last night and I yeah. had what I wanted. Yeah, but that's nice. I'm just being mindful about my portion size because... Portion size is a good way. I, I, I often think, like, if I'm if I'm looking at stuff and like you said, being mindful about what I'm eating, I'll often just make whatever I want to make and just give myself a little bit less yeah. and actually just eat that and then think, am I full? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm pretty full. And then just carry on. And it's quickly like, dispose of your plate. I freeze. I, mean, <laughs> I drive my husband insane because I literally, I'll do him a portion, then I do mine and then the rest goes in the Tupperware straight in the freezer because Good. I want to keep it till next week. I don't want to, I don't want him to like to finish the leftovers. But that's why we do that because yeah. that's the human condition and we're all exactly the same. Yeah. And it's it great because it means you've it. got a meal for next week as well. You and do, I don't but it also it means you're not going to be snacking. I did yeah. the same thing with pasta yesterday yeah. and actually I didn't eat even as much as I had cut back. Mm. I, I went 
big on my veg first and, and I made a mushroom and asparagus pasta nice. and I'm big on my veg first and then I looked and I just noticed I stopped eating eating the pasta and I ran into the kitchen <laughs> and put the plate away because I was like oh, if that sits there for another hour I'll yeah. eat cold pasta I, I have no it. shame I'll cold pasta is one of my favourite things is it <laughs> yeah, I love it I can't eat cold pizza I toe the line at cold pizza I um, love a cold curry I love cold depends curry depends how hungover I am <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to now grab the issue and um, let's talk about some of these recipes to tempt people to go out and buy this issue because it is actually on sale until 25th and I think this has gone out at the end of the week. So um, talk about some of the inspiration behind it. Um, this one, the bone marrow chilli, wow. How did you come up with that? You, I did. The truth is I don't come up with stuff. Really? No, I think out of all of those recipes, I think one was a... The, the veggie one was a let me come up with something to make it a little bit more special than the version so the, I make at home. The veggie one is butter bean and squash ragu with yogurt and hot mint oil. It's beautiful yeah. as well, it's, and it's got oh, it's got levels and it's got like layers of flavour and it's just, so it's like a butter beans in like a rich tomato yeah. kind of stew, the slightly spiced tomato yeah. stew, and it's got butternut squash in it. Just I mean, quite frankly, you could use any beans, yeah. but I think butter beans are a bit I more love substantial and it's my new thing. Underrated, yeah, they're really underrated. really underrated. Um, but you know, it's a very Persian thing to have yogurt with everything. Yeah. So that's the yogurt on it, and the hot mint oil is actually a really Persian thing because you use dried mint, don't dried you? Dried mint, yeah. and I, I, you know, I I have a recipe at my cookery school, at my cookery class that um that use dried mint and one of the first questions I ask people is like dried mint how many of you have dried mint on your spice yeah. cupboard and everybody raises their hands and I go right how many of you it? know what to do with dried mint <laughs> not one and they're like well I've got two of your recipes that use dried mint and I'm like right and here's a third one because we make this hot mint oil and pour it on one mm. of our ash one of our yeah. soupy very heavy soupy dishes um, which means strands. So it's kind of got something almost like a spaghetti on the inside and loads oh, of pulses. Okay. It's very wintry. Yeah. And we put a hot mint oil on it and some whey. And I thought, you know, with veggie food, I like to make food that's just food. Yeah. Because we are, we eat meat in my house. Yeah. And Persians and Middle Eastern people, for us, if there's no meat on the table, something's it's suspiciously wrong. Not proper meal. <laughs> yeah. But for us in my house, yeah, you know, we are definitely yeah. eating so much less meat. Yeah. So the simple ways for us, for mm. me in my house, yogurt is a standard thing. We yeah. always have it in the fridge. Yeah. And then hot mint oil, very easy to do. Adding simple layers is mm. what makes something far more appealing, far more substantial. And it doesn't have to cost the earth and it doesn't have to be so complicated that you just think, oh, God. And actually the dried mint, you'd think, oh, how much flavour is in that? But the, like sizzling it in the oil just brings all those really flavours back out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, really, really intense. But yeah. the rest of them, to be honest, that bone marrow bone I marrow think at chili. the time we talked about doing these recipes I think I, I saw just you were it. doing it on Instagram yeah. and I was like so um can we do that bone marrow chili <laughs> that you put on Instagram yeah, Sabrina like, call the recipe yeah. call the recipe <laughs> so uh, I, I was just I was I'm not gonna lie I was feeling poorly mm. um you know my fella was feeling poorly as well and I just bones is what I always go to whether it's making a good chicken soup or a yeah good fur it's got all that flavor hasn't it yeah and I I was I, it was the first time I I thought let me stick bone marrow in this and mm. see if it enriches it and it was so good oh, it's so good and then I just realized it's, it's always a good sort of test of what people think everybody mm. on Instagram went bananas about Completely. it oh never oh my god and I, I was like 
oh, this is obviously a really good idea. Because it just enriches that. And, and it's it's, it's quite so subtle. Funny. It's like you've put something magic in there. And if you if you took the bone out and served it and said to somebody, what what is it? You They wouldn't be able to they tell you what it was. Know. They would never guess they what it was. Know. But it just takes it to the next level. But also, more importantly, it's cooking with bones. We're, when you're using, you know, just mince. Mm. Because normally I would do it with shredded chuck or shredded yeah. pork or something like that. And but actually, we like an old I American like a, style I love chili an old fashioned mince chili. chili. I love it. But this, I, I'm quite proud of this because it took me a while. I remember once I was trying to make a chili and I thought I had, this was two decades ago, and yeah. I thought I had the chili sachets, you know, the sachets of chili con carne mix. Yeah. Yeah, I've used those. Yeah. I hold my hands <laughs> up and I, and I didn't have it. And mm. I thought, God. That what's in it and it's like cumin and paprika and well, chili powder and yeah Did, but it's never just, know but there's like flavors in there isn't there yeah that, yeah so i kind of might so you were mimicking that basically i do and me and my fellow we had this competition because he reckons he makes the best chili but he puts like <laughs> six different meats in it and i'm like babe that sounds minging <laughs> too complex he's he just like you will love it and i'm like no and then i made him this and he went all right then okay and i was like you're not feeling so confident now <laughs> are you and i think that that is what ghetto chili needs to taste yeah. like but it's well made and it's not fattening and i'm not even thinking about the calories no i don't care about the calories if you wanted to make it a little bit low fat yeah all right ditch the bone marrow but there's nothing fattening about there's nothing that. no apart exactly. from the handful of cheese that if you're like me you like cheese yeah and well i was just about to say the, the beauty of it is that you do serve it with chopped raw onion one of my favorite things and grated cheddar and i love that that just again it's like it is chili. It like yeah. that. It, it, it totally, yeah. And in America, that's how you have it. With yellow li- cheese, crackers, yeah, and Yeah, a little onion. cup of chili yeah. with crackers to crunch or a in. Big cup of chili. Yeah, big cup of chili. <laughs> bowl of chili, please. Um, and then let's talk about what should we talk about? Oh, the, the, the kofta pie. The kofta shepherd's pie. I mean, shepherd's pie is, I think. If you had a poster, gift. the poster boy for comfort food has got to be a chef's God, pie, God. hasn't it? This is what gets my goat when people say British food, oh, it's all fish and chips, or they go, or they call us roast beefs in France. And I, I get really offended. <laughs> I'm not even English, but I am British. And I'm like, nobody does a pie, savoury mm. pie, like England does. No. I don't care what country you come from. I'll fight you on it. <laughs> we really fish pie. Shepherd's pie, shepherd's pie, pie, mince pie, pie, pie. chicken pie. pie. (laughs) I mean, Cornish pasty. Listen, I I will put my dukes up over this. This is how strongly Mm. I feel. The only thing I felt about this is I don't like changing good old British recipes because it's not broke. No. However, if I have something to contribute that I think is a nice sideline to tradition and a change, but tradition always has to slot in there first yeah. for me and then i i came up with this and i thought it's genius yeah i'm not gonna <laughs> tell lie them, tell them I, why I'm it's not genius lie. because koftas are something i make all yeah. the time and yeah. actually i'd just come back from turkey and i'd made a, a dish of mini meatballs and a, sm- a spicy tomato sauce that's very turkish based on the yeah. dish i'd had out there and i thought yeah mini meatballs you know I yeah made, it's beautiful why am i not making those and then when we talked i thought i fancy a shepherd's pie yeah Kofta. That's that's what's going to make this totally different. Yeah. Kofta. So slightly spicy. So yeah. there's spice with a little bit of yeah. turmeric and garlic granules and cumin. But the genius move is in the, in the gravy. You've got harissa 
Um, but you've also got gravy granules. You've got so, to but, have gravy <laughs> granules. And you know what? I so know it's like it's like a grape. It's like a proper gravy, but then with a little bit of spice in it. I love that. I love yeah. the fact that you get like you you eat it and you get the double whammy of like oh my god, it's shepherd's pie, but it's warm and it's spicy and it's got this weird not weird depth. It's got this depth difference. But then it's you can taste the gravy as well. I mean, it's just See, super. I can't not have. You know what brands we're talking about. Yeah. I have to have those gravy granules. You can talk, you can say Bisto. Can I? Yeah, All right. say it. Bisto. Ah, Bisto. <laughs> I grew up with those adverts yeah. on telly. And do you know what? I'm not an ingredient snob. And no. I tell you, I could not not exist without that. Yeah. I have to have it in the cupboard. You know, and I'm talking about the chicken variety, the beef yep. variety, <laughs> the sausage and onion variety. I'm, I, listen, those <laughs> those have their place because they are quick thickeners yeah. and they have flavour. My only up, my only beef with these gravies okay. is that they don't have the salt that they used to do when, when you I have was to younger. Add that back in. I always do. Yeah, but you know, if I'm going to do a recipe. It has to be different. But it I think has it's, to be yeah. a Sabrina recipe. Yeah. Otherwise, why am I doing it? So, yeah. Harissa, if you want to, otherwise you can just do a perfectly normal English shepherd's pie using koftas if you fancy. Yeah, it's the quite change. cute, it's different. Because yeah. then you get the nice little like nuggets of meat and stuff. It's a bit of a surprise, and actually, yeah. a little mint still goes a long way with the koftas. So lastly, should we talk about the the crazy Sabrina recipe I'm calling it? <laughs> really? Yeah. Because this, I think this went a bit mad on. I know Laura, our editor, made this over she Christmas. Did, yeah. She loved it. And it's the cod. You should, Sabrina sent me this thing and she said, and cod dogs. And I was like, cod dogs? What is a cod I, I didn't dog? I think you'd go for them. I thought, I thought you should just think she's bonkers. Yeah, I did think you were bonkers, <laughs> but I also thought you were genius bonkers. But this is why... We love, you know, commissioning people that aren't us to write recipes because you come up with mad ideas which are brilliant, like cod dogs. Um, tell us about the cod dogs. How are? They, what are they? So, <laughs> do you know what fish is something we we just we have an issue with fish yeah. in this country, don't we? We, we do, do still eat it, and we produce some incredible fish mm. in our shores that are seasonal and and just beautiful fish that's in season right now yeah. and it's British and it's not endangered and no. you can eat it and I just think that you know sometimes that you know I live with somebody who like professes not to eat fish but you know we'll nail a kilo of sushi when we're out so <laughs> I think people are just pernickety a little yeah. bit with fish if it's not covered in batter or breadcrumbs we've got a bit of an issue with yeah it. let's let's be honest but when it is covered in batter and breadcrumbs it's, it's so, so good, good. <laughs> hence Hence the cod dog. Hence cod dogs. But what I do, because I don't like the normal batter, what I do with this cod dogs is I kind of batter them like a, a like fried chicken. Yeah, it's like a little goujon little nugget, isn't it? But yeah. also the batter is, is a fried chicken batter. So that is, it's kind of based on that. It's just not mm. crumbs and it's not an actual liquid batter. Yeah, so batter. we've got, we've got um, you're dredging them in, what is it? A heavily flour, spiced sort of flour, flour really. paprika, mustard powder, garlic granules, cayenne, turmeric again. And oh my God, they come out just looking this gorgeous golden, golden colour. Yeah, or, or, or to be perfectly honest, any old spices that you can find in yeah. your spice cupboard. This just happens to be my yeah. selection. I like a little bit of mustard powder. I think it's really I underrated. Love mustard powder, it's such a good thing. Really, really underrated in things. So that's kind of what I made. Yeah. Um, and I just. I think if I wanted to eat fish, this is how I want to eat yeah. it. You know, so basically, you battered little chunks of cod 
in your spicy batter yep. and then they're put into soft um soft hot dog bun hot dog, or a brioche dog bun, bun which or... works so well it's because of that texture moish. it's kind of if you think about it i guess it's a little bit like a lobster roll but my yeah exactly problem with a lobster roll is it's yes it's lots of lobster meat but it's kind of missing a little bit of oomph for me yeah. on the lobster meat i either want to eat lobster meat by itself because it's quite sweet and delicate yeah. and, and it's expensive, expensive. <laughs> really expensive but this has loads of punch and i could probably nail about three of these and then on top, you've got harissa lime mayo, which is mayo, lime and harissa just mixed together. Again, lovely and simple, but just adds so much to it. And then yep. a really fresh relish of onion, tomato, dill. I love dill. I, I think you, dill you're too. a big fan of dill. I am. I never used to really like it. And now I'm just all over it. I just can't get enough I just, of it. I always say dill is not just for Christmas, no. it's for life. <laughs> you know, when because people put dill on Gravadlax. Yeah, and Gravadlax just... only tends to come out for Brits. It's yeah. only a Christmas thing. We mm. always whip out the salmon at Christmas. Yeah, and get the dill out. You know, yeah. And I just think, you know, yeah. it's it's really underrated. And also, you know, I, I also feel like I have a responsibility to use different ingredients to other cooks mm. because my corner of the world is different and my recipes are different. Mm. So I like pushing the boat out and thinking with the ingredients that people... Yeah. Even though fish and dill is actually quite a common, common you know, thing. yeah, you know, but it's kind of in a bad combo. But fish, mayo, harissa, dill, kind of layers. tomato. It just layers, layers and layers flavor. and layers of flavor. Even yeah. if you bought like a shop bought sauce or a shop bought <clears throat> mayo with flavor, like no judgment, but just I do really like that. And you know, I'm a noodle person. I'm a pie person. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, you know, a rice and comfort person. You, so I mean, you you don't have to convince me. I think I'm gonna, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. Be making that gonna marry chili me. next I, well um, if i wasn't married already then i might be getting down on one knee right now thank you so much for talking to us today you have been as always amazing thank you and very um, much. i hope you do come back in april to chat to us about your new i book. will you'll have to so i'll be kicking down your that. door <laughs> but we're, we're going vegetarian in april you know that that's good I like yeah that as well. it's, it's, it's a big deal for me yeah. <laughs> i'm not going vegetarian you've done it but, though uh, you've yeah. done it the book's well, in it's been printed i'm thinking about vegetarians but i'm also i've got carnivores in mind yeah. meat eaters in something mind. for everybody something just food someone's not no just one's going to be yeah no one's going to be disappointed yeah anyway. yeah i hope not well, <laughs> anyway january issue still out until friday the 25th so go get it and it's got um, a beautiful non-flimsy salad on the cover yeah. it's got the kind of wonderful <laughs> bright colorful salad that you can get your teeth into it's not my recipe but it is beautiful <laughs> Yeah, I just thought I'd sing that because that's the kind of salad I want to eat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's out there now, so so go get it. Um, and eventually they'll go onto the website as well. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for talking to us today, Sabrina. Thank you very much for coming. <laughs> so that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you liked this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd really love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our January issue with those brilliant Sabrina recipes on the newsstand now or go and download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.